0: Welcome to the first night of Four Days of Jesus. This week, my friends, is about Jesus. The passage read tonight is also about Jesus. All of the passages that we will read this week are about Jesus. This passage in John is a well-known passage for many reasons. Among them, that this passage reveals to us that most people would consider is the most sinful allegations toward Jesus by one of his very own disciples, Judas. You might even hear the name Judas and now there are certain disdain, this feeling that might be running through your body in response to hearing this name because probably for many years now, you have likely learned that this is a bad name. I assure you that the name Judas is not in the top of any person's baby names list when they're thinking of how to name their children. Not one. I don't know a Judas. I don't think I've ever met one in any elementary school. The, the name Judas, interestingly enough, though, is a Greek name that means praised one. Praised one. The name Judas is perhaps the most famous because of this very scene with Jesus and the disciples as he is identified as the one who will betray Jesus. Note that this is not the only Judas that is mentioned in the Bible. However, he is the one that seems to stick in our minds. No less, I want to assure you that this passage, no matter how loud the betrayal of Judas might seem, it's still about Jesus. Chapter 13 begins with the ritual of communion that today for us and for many faith communities all around the world is a sacred ritual that is a signature part of our faith journey. In preparation for his own death, Jesus initiates this ritual with his beloved disciples. This includes Judas. There are many things that people do in preparation for their death. Mostly among those are uh, getting their financial affairs in order, right? Their wills and trusts in order. Uh, Some go as far as planning their own funerals, right? And some even go through the trouble of saying their last goodbyes to their families if that's something that is possible for them. Seldom do people make washing other people's feet and breaking bread with them a part of their preparation before their own death. But Jesus, having loved his own, he loved them to the end, as it is described in the last verse, in the last half of verse one. Jesus wants to share with them this sacred gift. And On his knees, like a servant man, humble and hospitable, Jesus is so deliberately intentional with this preparation ritual. What is Jesus preparing the disciples for? Does it work? Does the preparation miss Judas? Did it miss the disciples? Scripture describes that Satan had already made its presence known to Jesus and to Judas at the time of their meal. And even so, knowing that Satan, the accuser or the adversary, as we see in the Greek, had decided to choose Judas to bid its evil by entering the body and spirit of Judas, Jesus still washes the feet of Judas and dries them with the towel that is wrapped around the very body of Jesus. Jesus kneeled to serve Judas, but not in submission to the evil that was going to occur, but perhaps as a symbol that this selfless gesture really is the foreshadow of what truly prevails in the kingdom of God. In this moment, There's no evidence that Judas denies the gesture from Jesus. Judas accepts this humble and gentle gesture from Jesus. Perhaps he does this in acknowledgement of what Jesus later will say to Peter not all of you are clean. Verse 10 the verb betray. That is used in the Greek means to give into the hands of or to deliver or to take care of or to manage or to keep. It means to give over to one's own power or use. Yes, I think Judas was aware that he would be a keeper of Jesus and he would be delivering Jesus unto the hands of those who would further the fulfillment prophecies some commentaries suggest that the evil being that was Satan had been priming Judas for this moment for some time and that this was simply the time in which Judas was initiated to be a commissioner of evil what seems to be like a demotion for Jesus is a promotion for Judas this this scene is unique because even knowing what Jesus knew, he washed the feet of Judas as he did for all of the other disciples that he washed feet. And he also broke the bread with Judas at the same table that he was sharing this sacred meal with all of the other disciples. The foot washing, it demonstrates the regard of God for sinful, even degenerate humanity. And the bread? The bread is the confirmation that Jesus is life available to all who seek them, whatever their intentions are. But those who seek Jesus will find bread. There is bread available for even those who may not be well with Jesus. There is bread available even for those whose loyalties are not to Jesus. There is bread available to those who are hungry and in need of nourishment. The text says that the moment that, Judas, that Jesus dipped the bread and offered it to Judas, Judas took the bread and he left and it was night. Even Judas, filled with a spirit of evil, knew that today might be the day in which he most needed the bread of mercy from Jesus. Because even when we are agents of evil and adversity, our body can still be hungry for the goodness of God. On this day, Jesus did his work in the light of day. Jesus was not violent. He was not aggressive towards Judas. Jesus was calm. He was resolved. Jesus did not have a personal vendetta against Judas, although it might seem fitting. Judas was a player amongst many other players who often did their work in hidden form, hidden from the human eye, which often misses it, But Jesus didn't miss it. He knew and he did confront it. He confronted it with affirmations that God is still in control of this story. Although Judas was playing a part in the fulfillment of prophecies, Judas is really but the tip of the iceberg, my friends. As we will hear tomorrow, Judas was not the only one carrying evil in his veins. Judas will represent the multitude of believers who go from light to dark in their journeys. He represents the multitude of religious and spiritual people who are just as vulnerable to be overcome by lustful energy that power, status, and wealth provide. Because yes, even in the church that calls itself Christian, evil can be done. Even though many of us will never think that we are capable of such betrayal. We will do like the disciples did. We were going to look around the room as if we were in a murder mystery game and seek to find flaws in other people before we sit with our own vulnerabilities. Many of us, like the other disciples, will miss when evil is amongst us or even within us. We will miss the warnings of Jesus, and with it, we will miss the blessings of Jesus, because we risk being more loyal to the doctrines of the church, to the social loyalties that we have created, and the political identities we devote ourselves to. Then then we see what is actually betraying Jesus. We often like to read this entire story and not connect the ways in which church and religious community and political powers are at play. It's okay if you just got real uncomfortable. Don't send me emails later, pray about it. Judas is entangled in that which is both religious and political because we all are. Though both church and politics are not in it of themselves wrong, there seems to be something that polarizes people and keeps us from togetherness. There is something about these two topics that are both meant to be about the work and service of the people that actually keep us from serving the people, that actually keep us from serving one another there is something that takes away equity and favors and serves privilege. What Jesus was modeling in servitude with the foot washing and the servitude of sharing of meals is the opposite of what human kings do. Human kings crucify in order to appeal and appease a local religious power. That's what human kings do. Human kings punish at the knowledge of betrayal. Human kings do not share the bread from their table, and they certainly do not kneel to wash the dirty feet of other humans. Jesus reverses the human model in verse 14, and he says, if I, your Lord, your king, and your rabbi, your teacher, your religious leader... Have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Jesus tells the disciples in verse 15, sitting with them there, yes, including Judas, for I have given you the example that you should do as I have done to you. Jesus levels out the playing field. He levels out the social structures that we humans have created. He levels out the social orders we live our lives by. He levels out the hierarchy of humanity and declares we have to do the same. You want to be happy? Jesus asks the disciples. You want to be blessed? Then do these things. You want to be happy, La Sierra? You want to be blessed? Then do these things, Jesus says. Do the things Jesus has done, wash each other's feet. I spend 10 to 15 hours a week as a resource provider at homeless shelters. This morning I was at a social services agency located in the back part of a church parking lot close to downtown Riverside. And here is where free showers are offered to people experiencing homelessness. When these friends come to sign up for their showers, they are dirty from head to toe. Their clothes are covered in dirt, sometimes in their own urine and feces. And some even have their own throw up all over their clothes. They smell terribly. Their hair is ruffled and often full of dust and leaves and what else, whatever else was blowing in the wind while they were sleeping on the ground. <clears throat> their feet are tattered, they're bruised, cut, and oftentimes infected because they either have no shoes at all or they have worn all kinds of holes into their current shoes. It's easy to stand in front of them and be disgusted. It's easy to stand there with my own clean clothes and to feel superior to them. It's easy to adopt a posture of righteousness at someone who has had a substance abuse problem or an out of control mental health issue and think, well, they got themselves there, didn't they? But that's, that's not my job. That's not what I'm commissioned to do. That's not the kind of resource I provide. Something amazing happens, however, when they step into clean water and have a chance to scrub away some of the chaos from their week off their physical bodies. They come out of the showers and then we provide for them new articles of clothing, underwear, socks, and sometimes even shoes, and they are radiant. Radiant because for at least this hour, they are clean of being the lowest humans of society. There we call them by name and we lean into their story. There we provide bread, physical and real bread to nourish their hungry and withered bodies. We do not ask questions. They are radiant. Because there, the playing field is leveled. And no, I do not do this work by myself, and I'm not sharing to take credit. I am only one person, part of a really big team, actually, that shows up every Thursday. Because every Thursday, someone is waiting, hopeful for a blessing, and eager to experience joy. And this is a good and necessary ministry. And what more can those of us with the example that Jesus gives us to do to be agents of more good in the world? What does foot washing each other's feet look like for us as believers and followers of Jesus today? Note Jesus didn't ask Judas what addictions he was facing. Jesus didn't take an inventory of all of the ways that Judas needed to be clean before he could have his feet washed. No, Jesus bends down on his knees and he takes the water into his own hands and he washes the feet of even the most undeserving man in the room. And Judas accepts Because Judas needs this grace and this service. He needs this from Jesus, this compassion from Jesus. And you and I are in need from the same water. Water and basin and gentle yet secure hands of Jesus to bring newness into our lives. So even if you are walking around in darkness with doubt or heaviness in your heart, or even in your body. Jesus already knows what's troubling your soul, and Jesus, even so, wants to serve you through it all. So if you are able to, even if just for this meal and this hour, let yourself be served. And in case that this serving you received from Jesus was in fact life-giving, I invite you to, in response, go and serve someone else as Jesus has shown you how to serve. Amen.